The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners going to get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of The Process and The Athletic. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash RTRS. Today on the show, we will wrap up last night's puzzling win somehow. I still have no idea how they won that game against the Timberwolves. We will talk a little bit more about the live Ricky, which is only in nine days now. It's in nine mm. days. If we get some time, I will complain about Brian Colangelo. Oh, well, and yeah, and, then, and we'll get to the mailbag questions and some more that Mike uh, did not allow us to get to on Saturday. That's and uh, oh, and we got to talk about the Embiid ESPN article, mm-hmm. the ESPN Sixers Day, and a potential giant lineup that Zach Lowe referenced on his podcast yesterday. Uh, without any further ado, oh, before we get to the song, somebody mentioned on Twitter, and this is a, a great point, in this song, in, uh, in, in Run the Jewels, Legend Has It, they chant RTJ for Run the, the Jewels, which is also our TJ, like TJ, Very like solid. RTJ, isn't that great? I love it. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. It's the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I am Spike Eskin, along with a guy who doesn't think it's our TJ. He thinks it's his TJ. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. I said hi, Mike, too. I said yeah. I also said hi, Mike. <laughs> this is starting great. Yeah. <laughs> solid day. Solid, solid, solid. All right. Did you watch so we last got, night's game live? So I watched the first half live. And then I watched the second half this morning. We got to talk about that game. They had no business. And I stayed up. I was pretty happy. I could have stayed up for the whole game, but I knew I'd be miserable this morning if I just stayed up and watched the whole thing live. Um, But the good thing is, is that I did not look at Twitter before I tuned in. Now, I did speed through the commercials and speed through the free throws. But I I still have. You went went in blind. You didn't know the score. I did not know the score. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Here's if there was any, and I don't want to turn this into a Simmons versus Embiid thing, but if there was any doubt, like who is more important currently to this team winning games before last night, that doubt should be completely erased. That that game, they had no business winning. Really, I mean, they were they were sloppy. Yeah, uh, it was. They were now Minnesota also. Missed every three. I mean, you know, what were they one for twenty one at some point shooting three pointers? But yeah, and then Jimmy hit like six in a row, right? Because we decided that maybe we shouldn't guard him around the three point line. Just eh, let him shoot it. But Embiid's takeover in the second half of the fourth quarter and overtime was unreal. It was, and it was him doing everything. It wasn't just him scoring. And I thought a little bit more about, because I know people get frustrated with him, the one-on-one stuff and and that kind of thing. And I thought more about that, and we'll get to that. But his takeover, the passing was incredible. The the post stuff was incredible. The hitting the three-pointer, the, um, like everything he did, and, and I'll tell you, last night I thought it was interesting that he was coming off of a game that he sat because of his back and then one rest game because I thought he looked physically in terms of his lift and his quickness. I thought he looked better last night than he has all season. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, and I think I saw it on the dunks. He was he was up high and quick. It almost seems sometimes in the beginning part of this year, the first half of this year, when he would dunk, even though he's 7'2", it almost looked like he could barely dunk sometimes. You know what I mean? Like he was barely getting above the rim. He was flying last night. There was one dunk. This is before your time, but an old NBA Live thing. Like Tom Chambers, they, they would have Tom Chambers do this dunk that he did one time where it looked like he continued to elevate even as he dunked it. And there was that one dunk. I forget what it was. I think it was off the first half. But it looked like he just kept getting higher. I don't know. I thought he looked great last night. And his takeover was incredible. And he's really – he's just – when he is right, 
and uh, it seemed like he hadn't been totally right for a couple of games. When he is right, he is unbelievable, and he was unbelievable in that in that fourth quarter in overtime last night. Yeah, I just I expect so much of him because he's so good, and so when he does like make a sloppy pass or not get out on a shooter, I get like frustrated because I know how good he is. But that's then I step back and it's like it's nitpicking because he had twenty eight, twelve and eight, only two turnovers. And he shot eight of sixteen and eleven from twelve from the line. Like he took over that game, and there's no reason we went without him. But I, as I'm watching the game, I, it's weird to expect so much of somebody and them to be so good and still to be like, well, they could have been better. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. Like it's, it's totally my problem. But uh, like, I don't. Know, there's like frustrating. I, I do feel frustrated watching him sometimes because there, like there's shots where he just gives up, and I guess maybe that's fine. Maybe like over the course of a game, especially when he played. 39 minutes, which is his highest career total by a lot. Uh, you got to conserve your energy some places, and it's okay to give somebody like a you know 18 footer. But do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. The the 39 minutes, of course, makes me a little nervous. Yeah, and, he wasn't and crazy. To play. Yeah, but here's here's where I think he gets worn out a little bit because I was thinking about the I, I saw some complaints about him. Oh, I don't like when Joel goes one on one. I don't like this, you know. And he does. He he'll turn it over, and maybe he won't make an effort closing out on defense. But the thing about him on offense is that there's really no action that they run that gets him a better shot. Like when he run, he can't. There's nobody that that they run pick and roll with him where it's particularly effective. I disagree. Actually, and, I think the JJ pick and roll has been really good. Well. Right, J- JJ's fine, but he's the one guy, and I, I don't think we see that all. And JJ's certainly not the primary ball handler. Like, the, there's there's not really a – he is not yet uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? The way he plays offense and his skill set and Ben's skill set are, are not really uh, complementary at this point because – Ben has trouble making entry passes to him. Ben, even the, the pick and roll is almost use. There's no pick and roll really because they, they sag so far off of Ben. So it's just creating. It's it's a pick and pop for Embiid. So there's not a there's not a ton of action with Simmons that creates. I think shots for and that, Embiid. And that's why and that's why Fultz is going to be so perfect when he's here because he can pull up from that three when yes when he's right. And he can make those passes that J.J. not necessarily could. So I, I think Embiid has to work really hard for all of his shots. Yeah. And most of his shots are like isolation shots because there's no, the only way to get, him, to get him the ability to do that is to give him the ball and everybody else gets on the other side of the court. So he, you know, I, they, they I should. What they, what they did last night, which is why he had eight assists, is because they – the Minnesota was sending two guys, and they were just cutting. Yep. And Ben was cutting, going behind, yep. going, they doing back cuts, and Dario was just like ready for the to step into a couple threes. Like that's what it's got to be. Yeah, absolutely. And he was willing to do it last night, and he made great passes. That the, the Ben pass on the dunk was was oh. incredible. I and watched, there was, I I watched the, with uh, Seamus Clancy, who's in town, so he came over uh-huh. and we watched uh, watched the game. Yeah, it was a good Dario game. It was a too. great Dario game. So a couple. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fun to watch with the ultimate Dario guy. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was when they're hitting shots and passing the ball well, like we'll talk about Trevor Booker, but they have a bunch of guys on this team that can pass. I worry about the guys on this team that just refuse to shoot. seems like there's a few too many of them. TJ, especially with his shoulder hurting, he just, you know, he just can't, he can't shoot outside of like 12 feet right now. And yeah, but he was, he was even good last night. Oh, I thought he, TJ, he's still, he's still a, great. It was, it was a nice game for him. For yeah. sure. For sure. But he's not like a hundred, you can tell he's not a hundred percent and the fact that he's shooting, was he, is he still shooting over 50% from three on the season? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked. Let's I, haven't looked. I would Let's imagine check. he still is. Yeah, I haven't 56. seen him shoot one in a while. 56% yeah. from three. Like, he, I, he needs to be able to, to hit, hit those ones where no one's covering him, and it seems like he's even reluctant to do that now because of his shoulder. Um, but So, like, with him on the court and Booker and Simmons like it's, and, and Amir, it's like, guys, that's just too many guys that can't shoot, and it's it, it, it really makes for a lot of... Uh, so, so there's this kid I played basketball with growing up who uh, his name was I think his name was Chase and uh, and he would just he didn't trust anybody on his team and he like just would dribble around the court and like he would 
go baseline with himself and then just keep, go under the basket and just like keep dribbling, which is a move that TJ does a lot. But he would just keep like almost like a circle, and that's essentially what the Sixers do a lot when they have nobody on the court that can shoot a jumper, or it's just like JJ while they're waiting for him to get open, he runs himself breathless. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's there's there's when there's only one guy that's willing to take like an actual shot, it becomes like a little uh, rat racy. Well, and it it makes you wonder why. Well, and I don't even want to. I, I I'm like gun shy about saying anything about Simmons not taking shots, but I I think the other thing that it happens, the other thing that happens is that's where a lot of the turnovers come from because yeah. there's no. It, everyone, everyone's pass like it's almost they're, like they're overpassing, and and when nobody's willing to shoot, everything is so jumbled. I guess in the middle of the court, there's very little space, and I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Now, obviously, Embiid could be more careful with the ball, and Simmons uh, has had a not the best, I think, uh, ball uh, taking. He has not taken care of the ball. The the way he did in the first 10 games, I would guess in the last five games. And that's without looking at numbers. They've been more sloppy. TJ was obviously not ready to come back the last game he yeah. was in and he was sloppy, but I think that lack of space, I think that that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, they had 24 turnovers last, last night, which is somehow the most they've had this season. It feels like they've crossed 40 a couple times by the eye test, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I, I, I generally don't mind, turnovers for a young team especially for a young point guard um but the way they do it i think i've said before is is just very frustrating it's sloppy without it's not like they're like forcing the issue and like trying to force a back cut it's like a lot of just like lazy sloppy plays where it's like that could really just so easily be tightened up if if they're giving a shit and not well and and remember when when Fultz comes back the the turnovers are going to go up I mean, they, they can't not go up, at least in the beginning, as they, A, get used to him, but B, he's in, and I keep saying when Fultz comes back, whenever whenever that is, um, you know, another three weeks, we'll, we'll get I an would, update. I would love, would love a so. Christmas Day Fultz. That'd be fun. Oh, they can't put that attention on him, can they? Probably not. They have to But if he's ready, yeah. like if he's ready, he's back. I mean, I'm just I'm just counting the days. I, I, if he comes back. <laughs> You've uh, been counting for a while, I have buddy. been counting for a while. I'm good at counting. <laughs> But like, I mean, obviously the, this, the attention that like Jason Tatum's getting and like, I love Donovan Mitchell, but like there's things on the court that Fultz can do that nobody else in this draft class can. And I'm very excited for him to remind people of that. Uh, so yeah. And overall, you know, it, it's funny. Embiid sort of stole the narrative from that game because I thought that game by and large was, was pretty bad. Uh, it's amazing to me how many teams in the NBA have players that you would think would make the team fun and exciting to watch, but they're not. So New Orleans I th- is, I think, f- fucking terrible to watch after watching that. Minnesota is, is, you know, they have these guys. And by the way, oh, my God, they got to mute Thibodeau somehow. You hear him screaming the entire time. It's out of control. Sure. How do his players not kill him? Well, there was one time when I think they, there was like a call that I think Thibodeau thought Embiid stepped out of bounds or something, and Embiid was like next to him as as Thibodeau was yelling at the ref, and you could and like Embiid just like looked at him and was like very confused by what he sounded like and what he was doing, and you could tell like in that moment <laughs> Embiid was like, oh, I'm never playing for this guy. Yeah, it was like it was like the Embiid look at uh, Boban. Yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 By the way, so I like I'm, I like Boban a lot. I think I do too. He should I do be too. playing a lot of minutes for somebody, and he will be very good. I don't understand why he plays not as many minutes as he should. He's really effective when he's in. I'm he's incredible. I was petrified. He's like the only he's, guy yeah. in the league who can stop, who can stop Joe. He's got to be back on on the Spurs. They got he's that's the right place for him. I think he's got to be back on the Spurs. Yeah. I am going to um, give you the option. I'm going to I'm going to give you the option to skip the Willie Green Apple Podcast review of the week wow. until Saturday if you want. Huge. Do you want that option? Big time. Uh, okay, right. Let's talk about Rashawn for a second. Okay, yeah. They're playing him suddenly. He went from not playing at all to playing like once in a while, like when depending on matchup between him and Amir, to now like obviously Covington's out, but he's starting. He's into the ends of games. He had 15 and 11 last night. I still struggle to f- see like well he's first, he's he's stepping out and hitting and shooting threes, not hitting them at a quite a confident clip. Uh, no, they they look terrible. By the way, there's been a couple, they do look bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's his, that's just his release. But there's been a couple games 
with a, during the four game losing streak where it seemed like at the ends of games it was Rashawn for three uh, in the clutch moments, which I don't love. Um, yeah, well, the the last what was the last home game they lost was uh, was it Lakers? Was it no? Yeah, it was. Um, they lost the Lakers. Yeah, but then I'm trying to think what game was close. I think I I don't think it was that game. Maybe it was the one of the games he shot two three pointers in the last two minutes and 15 seconds. Well, the, in a the, close Cavs, game. the Cavs game was close. Yes, that that's the one. Then that was the one where he did it. Yeah. yeah. But now all of a sudden he's starting with Embiid. It's fun. Like he, it's, fun to, it's fun to with see, and, yeah. but it, it really is still hard to extricate from the fact that uh, they didn't play New Orleans and Embiid any minutes. Eight minutes. Are we getting that T-shirt made? Eight minutes? Uh, sure, we can get that T-shirt made. Do you think people will buy it? I if think you're pe- listening to this and you want that T-shirt. Yeah. I think bitter people would buy it, and I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are bitter people, which I like. Are bitter? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's what we've cultivated. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Rashawn Holmes on offense has been pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's just like, like being around the... and just like catching lobs. It's nice because then Embiid can operate in space. Uh, Embiid hasn't been doing much like rolling right to the rim aside from when he like is open or they're covering JJ. So like the idea of like that airspace on the weak side, Rashawn is just there for offensive boards and alley oops, and that's it's an, it's a nice weapon to have there. He's and he, he plays with such force on offense, uh, which is fun. You know, we, we talked about him being the dunk and scream guy, but he uh, he plays with a, a scream too. Yeah. you know, he is, and he's at least I, I don't know what the numbers say, but offensive boards wise, it seems like he's aggressive there. Which is yeah, he's uh, always so he's always been too. a good offensive rebounder. I wanted to check to see if you remember after his rookie year. His defensive rebound percentage was terrible, and last year it jumped. And we were like, "Hopefully, this is consistent." And so far, it is. He's, his defensive rebound percentage is twenty-one point eight, and that's that's very solid, especially playing a lot of minutes lately, at least with another center and Ben Simmons, who gets a ton of rebounds. So, um, I'm Rashawn is like one of his biggest concerns coming out, or at least after rookie year, was the defensive rebounding, and he's tightened that up, and that's great. So it's it's really just if you can get that shot a little bit more consistent and defense obviously is an issue but now he's playing like kind of out of position so uh i'm i'm excited and impressed by his his growth and the, how he's fitting in nicely to this to this lineup speaking of which zach Lowe, we might as well jump into this zach yeah. Lowe mentioned and covington is hurt so they weren't able to do it last night yeah but we, have we talked about that covington injury yet no i that was terrifying I, God, yeah I'll, I'll, well first when i'm watching it it's funny liz rocher tweeted this when I'm watching it, I, I, if I wasn't so scared that he was seriously hurt, it looked like he had disappeared. Like everyone was wondering where he had gone. Like he was, he was. You couldn't see him. Nobody could see him. Um, it was very scary, and yeah. I'm glad it's just a, it's just a bruise. It seems like it's just a, a back bruise. I felt like so, he got like impaled by something. Yeah, because they kept talking about a sharp edge. Yeah. it was, it was petrifying. Yeah. So Zach mentioned on his pod with. Ramona Shelbourne and Kevin Pelton that he to keep an, an eye out that the Sixers are going to try a lineup where Covington is the smallest guy on the floor so it would be um, you're guessing Simmons at the one Covington at the two Dario at the three Rashawn at the four and Embiid at the five yeah like and, just you can, a and you can slip in lineup. instead of Rashawn you can slip in like a Trevor Booker instead of something like that sure yeah whoever you want uh, you know uh, it sounds like it could cause problems for the other for the other team. Yeah. Like if now now you have to be getting every rebound. You it it would it would just be fun to watch that lineup. I guess go against a small lineup and see if you could just obliterate them and get every rebound. Um, and enough of those guys, I guess, are if you have Booker out there, enough of those guys are. You have three guys that are pretty switchy in Booker and Simmons and Covington. Um, and Embiid, who's not a disaster um, switching. Yeah. Now, Dario's a different story, but it would be an Dario interesting had a couple, lineup to had see. A, Dario was matched up with Jimmy Butler at the end of that game. It, it did a good job. And he did well, good he job. started and on Butler, Jimmy, too. Yeah. Jimmy slipped and fell which on that last play, which I uh, – well done from Dario for putting that slip juice on there. But – it was it was like, man, we're missing Covington. That was the time when we missed him because you don't want Dario covering anybody at the end of the game. But he did he did solid job, held his own. 
Um, I, I would love seeing a big lineup. I would love. I mean, this is the this is the uh, the weekly. I guess biweekly is biweekly every other week or biweekly twice a week. So it means both. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like, so does um, biannually means every other year and twice a year. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will say it again. Too many minutes. Look at Thibodeau. Everybody hates Thibodeau for how many minutes he played. He played Towns 48 minutes last night. He played Butler 45, Wiggins 40. And, like, I don't and want... And they lost. And they lost. But I, <laughs> I don't want Ben Simmons playing 40 minutes. I don't want Embiid playing 39. I don't want Dario playing 40. Like, I don't want it to happen. It is December. I know that they're hurt. I know that, like, James Anderson and Fultz are out and Covington was out. But, like, it should... Nobody should be crossing 35. It just shouldn't happen. Get Get guys in there. TJ had 26. That's fine. Booker had 20. He's looking good. Like, let just rotate him out. Quick stints, quick quick breathers. Like, as you can tell, there was a time when you could tell Towns was was gassed, and he fouled Dario on like an N one, or no, I think it was Rashawn on an N one because of how gassed he was because he was just like lugging up the court. And I don't want to see that with Embiid or Simmons or whoever. Fresh legs. Come on. Who do I have to tell? Fresh legs. Bring him in. Well, they're, they're listening. You know, Good. you don't have to tell anyone. You're here. You're, you're this is this is you telling them. Great. The and JJ had a nice little game. Getting to the line eleven times, getting fouled on on jump shots. I'm in. How do you feel about yeah, how, how do you feel about Booker so far? Uh, he is. You know, it's funny. You kept calling him fun, and I'm like, look, there's no way this fucking guy is fun. But but he, he is fun to watch. Headband. He's uh, what's that? Headband. Headband looks a little like a skinnier Reggie Evans. Um, he is he's faster than you give credit for. Then he looks. No, he is. He is. He he is more skilled offensively and faster than um, than you give credit for. I just the fact that of all positions we traded for, we traded for a power forward who can't shoot is is pretty mind numbing. I think. I th- but, I guess uh, but like that Simmons can guard wherever you want him to guard, which is a really uh, incredibly advantageous thing that. I didn't give credit for before the season. And so if you're telling him, hey, you know, honestly, what is that really? Like guard Jimmy Butler instead of Taj Gibson. Like that doesn't, and they can both switch. So I, I don't think it, if you just, same, the, like the positionality. But neither of them can, need, but neither of them can shoot. Yeah, that's concerning. Yeah. That's more concerning yeah. for me is that, they, is that they can't shoot. But. Like, w- wouldn't you rather Zach Lowe brought this up? I know it sounds crazy, but I would have rather had Elias Sova. No, I, I was would. so I was looking before that. I was looking at like guys that they could have been acquiring because I, we knew the trade was coming. But and and I just context clues they weren't taking on salary after this year. So if that's the case, who could it be? And I was looking around the league, and it could have been Elias Sova, it could have been Bellinelli, or it could have been Seamus was talking about Miritich last night. Um, which, Ugh. Which would have been? I mean, you don't you don't like the Euros as much as Sheamus and Bauman do. Um, no, I like I like Euros. I don't like Miritich. I think he sucks. But he's been playing well lately since he got punched in the face. Yeah. Um, and then like Lou Williams was the other guy. It could have been if, if the Clippers wanted to blow it up. But there weren't. There's not many guys that can help you this year, which is what they wanted on a, an expiring deal because they don't want to take, to uh, bog the salary cap down next year. So I think like it was. Limited options, and then you know, they got rid of the two guys they didn't want anymore, and they got a guy that's I mean, 12, 5, and 5, no turnovers, six of eight, couple steals, a little block. He's he's doing stuff. He he had a nice chase down on I forget who, but he's they're he's he's seamlessly integrated to this team very quickly. When you look at Brian Colangelo's body of work, it's not impressive. That's <laughs> I know, all I'll say. I don't say it's an impressive move, but I'm just saying like he's a guy that he's a fun guy to root for. He 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 is really he 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 built himself as power forward TJ and he's I didn't realize how right he would be and I've watched him obviously plenty over the years but now seeing him in a Sixers uniform it's like oh well, that's exactly what you are including the like hmm. passing up shots hmm yeah and I I I I went down a really bad hole with the the moves with all the Colangelo moves and I'm I'm in a bad place with it is that because of I, the uh, Unterberger take that never made the podcast? No, I was thinking about it before then. I think I was even tweeting about it that morning. I, he just, when you look at the, he, he's, 
none of the I, maybe you could say the Jeremy Grant trade was a win. Nothing he's done has been a win so far. He's he's not made one good like move or trade that you would say is like good. It's all been, you know, well, I think it's different man, like, or borderline bad. I think it's different between like when Hinky was here, it was all about long term victories, and everything's going to benefit the long term, and the short term doesn't matter. The short term still isn't like a hundred percent the most important thing now, but. When you have guys like Embiid and Simmons, I said it last time, What it's like you want to surround them with guys that they like to play with and that can open things up for them so they can improve and be happy and all that stuff. And, like, we can – like, as much as Amir Johnson's not going com- not, not gonna to contribute to a championship winner on this in this city, like, he is going to help out by just, like, being a normal guy. Like, if we had – trying to think of who is a – if we had uh, – I was going to say JaVale, but that doesn't count. Who's a big guy? I mean, like, Deadman became good. Uh, like, if we had, like, Adonis Thomas playing backup minutes. Like, I it like would, him, though. It would be, fr- it'd be frustrating because it'd be like, oh, this guy clearly can't do anything. Even, like, Poitras. Cool. Like, guys that, like, clearly aren't as skilled or aren't as smart or aren't whatever. And so having just guys around them that's like, oh, this is a real team. This is, they're trying to win. Like, that, that, that matters, especially after, for whatever bullshit reason, people have ran with this narrative, is that we weren't trying, they weren't, they were trying to fail, and Covington was brought here to lose. All that stuff. So, like, all that the stink of that bullshit media narrative, like the fact that they do have oh, they're pl- they're paying guys now. Oh, they're paying JJ Redick or they're paying Amir Johnson. They want to get Trevor Booker because we're in like win now mode. It's not we're not sacrificing the future. We're just not making moves with like that are as beneficial as getting you know a first round pick to take on Javale McGee's salary. Like, we're just, we're not doing that kind of stuff anymore. And I'm even though it's not like. He he has all the guys he needs to have. Like and I know so it's no, fine. But, but I don't I don't I don't agree. I don't agree. I, I think I think um I, I don't think you can say we have all the guys we we need to have. Here's here's what I would say. We're paying Amir Johnson eleven million dollars while Aaron Baines is making four million dollars. We're paying JJ Reddick twenty five million dollars while um uh Caldwell Pope is making Eighteen or nineteen on a one-year deal. The, case, the KCP thing was—he waited a long time to get anything. He couldn't get more a multi-year deal, and so he only took. But but, but isn't but isn't that a a like where where else is JJ Reddick getting twenty-five million dollars like for one year? Nowhere. Who cares? Though? I, we got him for a year. He's helping but, the culture. Everybody's happy. They're having a good but, time. But, he's healthy. But like, you can't. Good. But you can't just make every move and say, "Well, it's not a negative, so it's a positive. It's a, it's an opportunity for positive." This is all I'll say: is that. You can't just say, look, we have two great young players. Everything's going to work itself out because there are plenty of examples in right now in the NBA and through the history of the NBA with a couple of great young players and you don't fill out the roster the right way and you don't get other players and you don't continue to try to get great young players that, that fail. And and I don't want to be one of those that fails because they're so busy trying to win games this year so they can corner the city into trying to build them a new arena so they can build an arena in New Jersey so they can make even more money or so they can sell more Club 76, um, you know, subscriptions. I, I just – it seems like everything is, everything is about right now and today, and it makes me nervous, but and that's all. I, so, like – okay, so – I don't. I, I personally don't care about the club service, any of that stuff. The business element, it just doesn't matter to me. But like in terms of a what's best for the basketball team, because that's the only thing I care about. I want Embiid and Simmons to to be happy and improve. Right, that is the most important thing this year. And even when though he's I, playing thirty, and, and he played thirty nine minutes oh, last I, night. Oh, I of course don't. I of course don't want that. But that's not client. I mean, that's that's Brett. You know, not trusting the guys on his bench as much as. Well, but but it it could be certainly you can put minute limits on guys. We've seen it happen. Well, I just health, think that's a health thing more than. Are you talking about Embiid? Or are you talking about the whole team? No, but I'm talking about the and and you can't the, the the tickets thing doesn't exist in a vacuum because if you're making decisions that hurt the long term outlook of the team not because you're making the short, hurt, that hurt the long term they sure, sure they they're not taking on future salary. That's the whole thing. But but set, but that's but every roster spot that you use for a twenty five for a twenty five million dollar thirty three year old is a roster spot that is that uh, and I I know it's not a zero sum game but 
but but you saying it doesn't hurt the long-term outlook just because they have these two players who are young and good is I, I don't think is true. I, I don't think it one equals the other. I, I don't think that just because they have those two guys, as long as they like, okay, they, they haven't they haven't committed salary pass next year. Well, then then I, I want to see what you're going to do with that cap space. Yeah, they're saying then, they're going to go sign you, a huge free agent. Okay, so but if they don't, then what? They then what they plan to, and if I I hope I hope they don't just sign somebody that's like worse just because they they need to. I would say that's worse if they go and sign somebody to like a minimal, like a, a lesser player to like a big deal and be like, this is the guy we wanted the whole time. We didn't want Clay Thompson or CJ McCollum or LeBron or whatever. They just better know what they're doing. That's but all. I, I don't that's, I don't know yeah. your. I guess I don't know what that issue is. You're saying like, hey, they're creating max cap space to go sign a big free agent. Well, they and don't have max cap space. They they don't. They will. You know, they have. They will. Well, no, no, they have. They have. They have. They have less than the lowest max cap space, which is like twenty four or twenty five million, and I think they have twenty two million. So I don't. You know, they're going to have to trade Jared Bayless, and do you want to give up another pick so you can trade Jared Bayless so you can get that cap space? And with that cap yeah, space, yeah, if it's, a, if it's like a second right? round pick to get rid of Jared Bayless and like acquire okay, somebody that can wave. But that's another error. Like, that's another – you don't see – you know, Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey has never been a tank guy, has never been. But, but somehow he figured out a way to pull off that Chris Paul thing and have an, make enough moves so salary-wise it worked and players-wise it worked and all that stuff. And I do not have the same confidence that – our front office is operating on that same level, and it is disconcerting to me because I do not want to waste the the youth and then prime of the young players that they've already acquired because we're so busy trying to um, finish forty two and forty this year rather than finishing thirty six and forty six. Yes, I mean I guess I just I I'm I'm certainly not the biggest Colangelo head out there, but I I if he's not. As savvy or as specific as Hinky or Mori was, that's certainly true. But like, it's what they're doing is very, very clear. They they're saying we have two and hopefully three of cornerstone pieces of the franchise. We locked Covington up to a great deal, and Bead's locked up to a great deal. They're going to lock TJ up to a, to a great deal soon. We have Rashawn on a rookie deal. We have Dario on a rookie deal. We have Furkan on a rookie deal. We have Luau on a rookie deal. We have Bolden coming over next year. We have possibly Possessionik coming over next year. And we have two first-round picks this year probably and multiple second-round picks in the, in the coming years that we can use as either to make picks and create uh, roster competitiveness or to trade and move up or whatever it's going to be. And they're saying we're going to create max cap space next year, whether it's with a Bayless trade or whatever they have to do to get there. And we're going to sign a big-time free agent and we're going to put him at the two or the three and we're going to run, run a lineup of Fultz, Covington, Simmons, Embiid, and a big-time free agent. And that's going to be the core of our franchise for years, and we're going to kick ass. And we're going to have plenty of guys in the rookie deal coming in and finding useful veterans or whatever. I just don't think, like, we, we're... I was, no one was a bigger fan of the 10-day carousel than me and making every second-round pick. I still wish they made every second-round pick, and if it didn't work out, then they would just, you know cut the loser of the roster spot, whether it was Staskus, Rokofor, or the second-round pick that they took. But we're in a place where we... It's like, a, it's like a blunt object now. We know what we have to do. It's very clear. The spot is open, and they're going to create the space, and they're going to be... I, I can't say whether one way or the other if they're going to sign the free agent. I don't know, but it seems like they will because they're a fun young team that is successful, and people are going to want to come play here because they're paying people, and that matters to agents and players. How can you say that? How can you after after what we said for four years? Because they have the guys what now. Because Embiid and Simmons what, are here. They're here, and okay. they're they're players that people want to play with. And the fact that, like, they gave JJ a contract, they gave him a year contract. They're trading for Trevor Booker. That that indicates around the league that this team wants to wants to win and wants to compete. And isn't we're, we're that we got the guys. The whole point of the process was to get the guys. We have the guys. I know. And now I, we're attracting no, no, free agents. That's that's it. Nope. Things are successful. No, nope. no. Nope. I disagree. That's what okay. Do you, what do you we, disagree we can move with? On. What do you think is going to happen? 
Well, well, first of all, the process doesn't end. That's not that wasn't the point of anything. It wasn't we do this to get this and then we go willy nilly. No, there's no willy nilly. The point of the process was to get to was to get like revolutionary players. Nope. At, with a time. Nope. Yes, wrong. it was. The That's point, the whole point no, of it. Was to go no, was to go get guys it, that Mike, could impact the franchise. If you want to yell at me and be condescending and 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 what, take right, that what to, was the, fine. What was the point then, of that? What do you think the point of it was? Why the I point of it is the point of it is to create an infrastructure where you can be successful for a number of years yes. and keep regenerating over and over and over again. It wasn't about getting two players and it wasn't about getting three players. And you can paint it however you want. You can say, hey, look, we have Embiid and Simmons and Fultz. Well, Fultz, we paid two top five picks for, and the guy still, as far as we know, has not remembered how to shoot a basketball and hasn't been on the court. So if you want to paint that as you're confident as that is a long-term piece, but I'm not. And if you want to do the same thing with Timothy Luawu, who, who, by the way, they had like nobody available last night, and the guy couldn't even stay on the court because he's been so bad. But you want to say, well, we have him on a rookie contract. Well, that's great. He's not worth anything more than a rookie contract. Um, like, like th- there are plenty of positions and plenty of moves that you can look at and say, we hurt our long. Look, the Boston Celtics next year have a chance of getting the number. They have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They are younger than us, and they have a chance of getting the number two, three four or five pick in the draft next year. Like, because they're not so busy trading. Like, that that false trade could be could be really horrifying looking. Like, it could look really, really bad. Um, and, and everything's rosy right now, or, or you're, you're hopeful that he turns out fine. But I don't think making decisions specific to this year, playing too many minutes, playing um, like, like with the, the free agent moves that they made, the, the complete butchering of the Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor situations, all, all of these things add up and they, they equal chances that you miss on getting another great player and another one and another one. And the reason the Spurs continue to be great is because they were able to move from um, Tim Duncan and, and um, uh, what's his name, the point guard, uh, uh, Tony Parker, who's still there but is falling apart, to Kawhi Leonard and, and move on from point A to point B and continue to do that. And I have zero faith, zero, none, based on the moves that they've made so far. All, all that we have is what we already had. There's nothing new. It's, it's everything that's here. You have to be able to prove that you can continue to regenerate this and continue to, to grow and make it better. And I have seen no evidence of that, zero evidence of that, nothing. And them, like Joel Embiid played almost 40 minutes last night. Um, he's averaging over 30 minutes. He's played 35 minutes at least two or three times this year. And if that isn't a win-today move, I don't know what is. And I, ju- I just hope that when we look back on this, we didn't say we, we risked too much for short-term success. And that is what, that is my, that's my concern. And I think it's valid. And, and those, the, the thing about the arena and the, the, the season ticket stuff, it, 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 sure, you can say that it doesn't affect you because you don't care about the arena because you're not here and because you're not joining the, the season ticket list, which most people aren't. That's fine. But I do believe that the economics of today make, make them make basketball decisions about today. I think they are... They are very intent on making the value of this franchise go up right now so they can get a uh, so they can become more meaningful to this city right now so they can hold the city up for a, a venue right now or, or else move to Camden right now or in the next two or three years. But I believe they're making those decisions for right now. And I think that's dangerous. That's all. Like, I, I, I'm not not hopeful. I, I, like, I think Joel Embiid's great. I think Ben Simmons is great. I think Dario is a piece. I obviously love Robert Covington, and I, I love all these things. But, but that does not grant us the, the right or the um, we are not beholden to success because we have those things. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just more optimistic or fine with the fact that we have the guys that we – in my mind, the point of the point of the process was to get was to have enough shots at the top of the draft where you can get guys that can legitimately change your franchise, turn your franchise around, and we did that. And they still have picks picks coming down the pipe, which will will they'll use to either take guys or use them as trade pieces. And I'm certainly not like 
thrilled about any of the acquisitions that we've had. I'm not. I've certainly gone on record of saying of being anti Colangelo about a number of things. I just think like we're still in good shape. We feel good. They're opening up max cap space, and if a lineup of I still believe in Fultz, that's a different conversation. But if like Fultz, Clay, whoever, Covington, Simmons, Embiid doesn't like excite you, and you're worried about like them. You know the fact that Trevor Booker's getting minutes is like a negative. I, I, I don't mind. I'm I'm happy to see them win games on the backs of their young, like elite players, this year after after years of struggling. Like I'm happy for the city. I'm happy for myself. Uh, I'm happy for Embiid and Simmons and everybody who put the work in and Brett. So I'm, I'm, certainly when Colangelo came in here, it was a concern of like, are they just gonna, you know throw everything away and just become this mediocre team. But I mean, even though corners have been cut and I've called him out when corners got cut, whether it's trading draft picks or whatever, uh, I still feel like the, the core of what the whole point of this thing is intact and there's enough good pieces here already or overseas or in the draft that we'll be able to add to stuff and feel good about it. I, I've, that's that's really all it is. We can talk about faults whenever, but well, well, I I think here's here's the difference is that my concern is it's like um, you find a suitcase. It's like a movie where they find a suitcase with uh, like two idiots um, find a suitcase with fifty thousand dollars in it, and like that is so much money, right? Like look at all this cash. We can buy whatever we want, and all of a sudden they both go and they buy a couple of suits, and it was fifteen hundred dollars each, and they're like, you know what? We still have forty seven thousand dollars. We're fine. We're in great shape, and 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 what happens is is after three weeks of spending and saying it's fine, all of a sudden you look at the suitcase and there's you know six grand left, and that is. That's my worry. I think they all, I think all of these little things build up. And I don't think it is a condemnation. And I, I'm, I'm certainly enjoying watching them be good and all of those things. But if, if nobody, um, or not if nobody, but I, I have seen enough things that make me go, I'm not so sure about that, to make me not sure about the whole thing. I think they have enough, they have enough pieces and they have enough rope because of all the things they've listed, that they can both try to win now and be very well set up for the future. And I'm not talking about minute stuff because I've said every podcast all season that I want them to play less minutes. But I I just think that, like, next year we're not going to be thinking about J.J. Redick. We're not going to be thinking about, unless he signs for a smaller deal, we're not going to be thinking about Booker or Amir Johnson. It'll be like, okay, we got next guys to fill, to fill around the guys that are our franchise. And I feel like that's what every team does. And not everybody hits a home run on stuff, but Colangelo was dealt such a beautiful hand that all he has to do is sort of fill out around the edges and make everybody happy. And it seems like everybody's happy and having a good time. I think that that matters. And, like, sure, if, if, if the team is just trying to boost their value so they can sell it and, like, this ESPN thing coming up is really very strange to me, uh, that's yeah. sort of, then that's like they're all an ulterior motive and that's their prerogative as businessmen finance guys but I care about the team and I, I still see, feel that the work Hinky did and the work that the process was done for is like we're in, we're in great shape like everything seems like seems very great and we can be concerned about things as they come and we can say like hey is it was it worth giving Amir Johnson all this money when you could have gotten this other guy for less or whatever or that that could help the future? But at a certain point, it's like, you know, you got to trust that Brett it has a hand in, in these decisions also and he wants the guys that he wants to fill out the team and to help his locker room and build the culture that he talked about. Obviously, in the in his Brett Brown inter- in the interview with uh, Woj, he talks about how close he was to getting managed nobly. And, like, Manu wasn't going to help his team win a championship, but, like, he's a guy that would have built the culture that Brett wants in place. And I've said a million times, culture doesn't matter when you don't have the players. We have the players, so now it does matter. That, that's all I'm saying, is that like, now that we've gotten the guys that we got and there's still plenty of assets to come or wherever, like, it does matter the little things that like, might not be apparent in the future. But like, if, if JJ... It, who, who's to say that like, JJ is not having an impact on like, Covington? Like, those kinds of things where it's like, Brett, you have to trust that Brett knows his locker room and knows what his guys need and 
even though this team is going to win 43 games this year, I, hopefully that, that kind of thing is what helps down the road because we do have the core in place to, to where those you know, less tangible things matter. That's all. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. I, I hope so. I uh, certainly hope so. I don't, like I'm, I, I, I want to talk about and watch a great team. You know, and and my concern comes from the fear that we won't, I guess. Um, let's talk about the live Ricky and then do mailbag questions. So live Ricky next Friday. And when's, um, when's going down really uh, puts, a, yeah. <laughs> puts a, a dent in our sailboat about being right before Christmas. Well, we were still right. And here's what I'm saying. We, so the live Ricky, December 22nd, Underground Arts, tickets are 18 bucks. Us, BGN Radio, we were right before Christmas. We're both doing a live pod. Ringers Chris Ryan will be there. Larry Poff of He's Our Baby, um, Jeff Garcia Baby will be there. I saw Jake Pavorsky at the LL Pavorsky Holiday Party. Jake Pavorsky, as you know, has been separated from Sixers um, life ever since he walked away from his beat reporter uh, almost, job. Almost pulled a Jordan Sams. Yes, it, to work out. I, I've also noticed that Jake was in great shape, so maybe he is <laughs> concentrating on exercise. But I said, Jake, I was like, are you coming to the live pod? And he was like, ah, I don't know. I was like, Jake, you're coming to the live pod. And he was like, okay, I'm coming. Like he's like a and burnt then, out 17 year old. It's incredible. Yep. And then I said, and you're taking, I didn't even tell him this to his face. I just tweeted it. But Jake has to take a picture with everyone in the crowd who asks. So I want a long line of people taking pictures. I don't even want Jake to have a good time. Great. I want everyone to take pictures. Of so it is next Friday. Underground Arts tickets are 18 bucks. But here's, oh, and here's another thing. Uh, LL gave me $100 gift cards. First 150 people through the door Ooh. get a $100 gift card to LL. That's yep. amazing. How amazing is that? Does yeah. that include me? So, no, it does not Fuck. include you. Yeah. So what the the Wentz thing? What I'm saying is, I think we need this more than ever. <laughs> like, I think we need a positive night where we're all arm in arm with beers and um, and insufferability. All like, I I think we need it even more than we needed yeah. it before. Yeah. I think the the BGN guys need us. Um, I've talked myself into the fact that they're still going to the Super Bowl. No, so, Foles is bad. Yeah, he's bad. That's that's all right. So is Case Keenum. I, but at least here's, Case, if, if Foles, and I said this, I said this to my friend, and he was like, I, "I just had a stroke." If Foles had Case Keenum's legs, then I'd feel more confident. But he's so wooden back there. He made one very nice throw to Aguilar, but I just don't trust him to be able to do anything. They have to turn into like a run run the ball forty times a game team. Yeah, and here's here's the thing, man. Uh, we don't we don't have to talk about it. Eagles, anymore, we're gonna, but. Vikings are a dome team. Saints are a dome team. Rams are a warm weather team. Panthers are a warm weather team. They all most likely have to come to Philadelphia in January to win to stop us from going to the Super Bowl. I'll take my chances. So are the, so are the 2003 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, hey, don't do that. I know. Don't, look, don't I know. I know. But I'm not, that's, I'm not going to hang my head on warm weather. Come to the live pod. We're going to have a great time. It is a week and a half away. You've waited long enough. If you wait till the day of, the tickets are going to be 20 bucks. so get them while they're 18 bucks. I'm still working on one more fun giveaway thing um, that I hope comes through, but the LA gift cards are great. All right, let's go to the um, Lorenzo Brown mailbag. This comes from Brian. He says, with the fire Brett Brown outburst that happened after every loss that we have, it got me thinking that the process may have bred some sort of super fan. For the last four years, all we had was hope for a great team for the future. And now that we're good, people seem to expect us to be as good as we had hoped right away, despite our two best players having a year of experience combined. Do you think this is the case, or do you think most teams are like this, but we only notice it because we have a lot of exposure to our own fan base? I think that the people that are calling for Brett Brown's head are not process people for the most part they're the new people yeah. they're the new people. i would say yeah. they're like they're th- those people that are like well why aren't they better now and they're just like just ready to complain about whatever they see um mm-hmm. but yeah i do th- i do think that this is pretty common around the league and really every sport just like the coach is always the first one to go because it's obvious like why aren't they winning why aren't they playing the guys i want them to play I-, I see people complain about like they're taking simmons out at the wrong times it's like he's playing 38 yeah. minutes a night what the fuck are you want yeah, to do yeah, there's there's no more times you could take him out, you know, or or put him in. He's he's playing more than enough. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's always the rotations. That's what they talk about. As if you know, some other um, iteration of our shitty bench would 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 somehow create a better lineup out there. Yeah, the only the only um, thing that I would say is like you know you could take you could take issue with hey have at least one to two two shooters out there at all times. 
Yeah. But that's yeah. like, you know, that's Bayless, and he's been hit and miss, I guess is a polite way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. At least he has the oppor- at least he has the the threat that he'd shoot, I guess. But then there's another, you know, the lineups that have, you know, at one point it was Bayless, um, uh, Amir, and Booker out there, and that like, like it's just too many old guys for me. I can't handle that all at once. So you know, and and with with the the injury, it'll let's let's judge him when when and if Fultz comes back. The in in terms of the rotations and stuff like that, it's been weird yeah. so far. All right, this comes from Nate. He had two questions, both good ones, I thought. If Lonzo Ball was our rookie, would you be thinking he was a bust? Um, so I, we, I guess it would diff- depend. Okay. It would be different because he, would he have, like, our players? Or would be, we be the Lakers and they'd be, like, the whole team is what I'm saying. I, I think you have to take the situation. It, like, let's just say the situation of Lonzo Ball and let's whatever whatever mental gymnastics we have to do to say that it's similar. You know, if it's the same players, if it's not Embiid, let's say he's performing in the same way. Why well, it would be different because, like, on the Lakers, aside from maybe Ingram, they don't have, like, the guys to, like, build their offense around. And right. here he would have... Redick and Embiid and Simmons and, and like passers, guys that can sort of get their own and all that stuff. And I feel like he would orchestrate better. Um, Lonzo is who he's going to be. He, he just, it's, he's a spread the floor, like find open guys, find cutters, push the ball in transition. He is who he's going to be. I, I, I've actually been a little bit more impressed than I thought it'd be about like him getting to the basket. There's been a couple times where I've seen him do that. Um, defensively, he's going to struggle and the shot is a concern so i would say like i'd probably be like a a give him time situation i wouldn't i still don't think he's going to be an elite point guard by any stretch but i think he's going to be like a solid like help your team win guy yeah and and then nate's second question is what are your thoughts trying to coin the slogan the timeline i respect it it's just if you were going to have a graphic representation of it you'll need like a really big t-shirt i think (laughs) what's the timeline (laughs) that's that's what they're calling like if we are the process the suns are trying to oh, call the what they're that's doing right. the timeline yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's fine yeah go for it just you just know you know where you're coming from and that this the 2013 suns were not rebuilding the right way and they're my least favorite team of all time the doug lamont uh emails us and asks what are the chances that hinky is actively being blackballed by adam silver i don't know I don't know the answer to that. He was at the uh, Spurs. He was at a Spurs game, sitting next to RC, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. So I don't. I, I don't. Thi- he's not being kept I, out of arenas. No, I don't think he's being blackballed per se. Here's the complicated thing with Hinky: is that I believe he learned a real lesson with ownership here, yeah. and I I don't think he's going to take a job unless he truly believes in it. And people are like, well, why doesn't he have a job? Why doesn't he have a-? He's not just going to take a job because it's there. Yeah. I fully believe he could have a job now if he wants it. But I think there's a very short list of teams that he would he would take the job. And then that team has to also need him and want him. So, And then I think um, as far as Silver goes, I don't think he would prevent a hire. But I think... I think the the teams have been put on notice that if he's coming back, it's not to do the exact same thing that he did before. God, that Adam Silver thing when during the Wizards game, still is the very fucking worst. If if we redid the enemies enemy of the process, I hope you and AU would have him would have a little more ire for him now than you had then. Yeah. I boy, he's, I hate he's Jones for it. That's for sure. This is coming from Kobe. He says when. Joel Embiid gets selected to the Rising Stars game, which is Friday, and the All-Star game, which is Sunday. Do you think he plays in one or both games? And this is coming from a guy who bought a ticket to the Rising Stars game. I would, <laughs> I would say one or neither. I would say, I would yeah, say I probably the All-Star game. Yeah, I would say so, I, I, too. Now, I think, I, I think, I think I Embiid think would, would want would, to play. I think he would play. I think they'd play him like a little bit. And he would just tell, who's the coach? Do we, do we know who, the, who coaches those teams? Isn't it the uh, the team with the best record? I never know, but I think I think it's the team with the best. Okay, record. so it'll be Brett Brown. So, so Brad Stevens. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just be, I think Brett will be like just play him like twelve minutes. I would love to see him coach the Rising Stars game. And yeah, play that'd be in fun. The that'd be fun. And Simmons will play both probably. 
Yeah, I think Simmons can. Well, why not? Play 39 minutes in both. Come on. This comes Dar- from... Dario will be in the, in the Rising Stars again. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, but that's all well. And no faults. I mean, it seems yeah, like... Yeah, no faults. This I, point, don't want, I wouldn't yeah. want to. I want him to take that personally and then get better. <laughs> take it personally? You didn't make it because you didn't play. No, he'll, he'll, he'll have played by then. For sure. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, I didn't, um, oh, this comes from Steve. Now that he who shall not be named is gone, who is your least favorite sixer on the team? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, that's a really interesting question. Yeah. I don't know that I have one. I mean, maybe Bayless, but that's, that's tough. Yeah, Cause Bayless he's, is so socially conscious. He's socially conscious and he's meatballs and, yeah. uh, Amir has hot and cold games, but I don't dislike him. I don't think I dislike anybody right now. I don't know. It's a weird question. Uh, I don't dislike Reddick, but I don't like watching him play. Oh, by the way, another thing. I didn't listen to it. He had Carl Anthony Towns on his podcast. I know I'm going to listen today. It's weird. Yeah, I'm not Mr. you got to hate everybody on the other team, <laughs> but I also don't think you need to do a podcast with him in season wow. before the game. Wow. Wow. Do you? Do you need to be that chummy chummy, you know, publicly? These guys should be enemies. They don't need to be enemies, but I'm just saying they don't need to they don't need to cozy up for a podcast. That's I don't, that's I don't have a take. What I would I'll take one. This comes from Heath. Out of all of the ridiculous things people have said about the process, what is both of your personal favorites? And or I think like he means least favorite. F- least favorite, yeah. Mine is comes from uh, my father, but was co signed by a lot of other people that Hinky was doing what he did and extending the timeline to prevent him for job security. Yeah, the Ponzi, the Ponzi scheme of it. <laughs> yeah, the Ponzi scheme thing is my favorite, especially because he got Yeah, fired. everybody knows that losing games extends your career. Yep. Um, mine is always going to be – I like that one. That's a good option. I would consider it as well, but to do a different one. Um, the, the, like, think of the fans – from the like concerned, yeah, concerned, right. totally national guys, without yeah. any context of of what we had been through of, before, of the fans. Yeah. yeah. All right. Two more quick ones. This one comes from uh, Nader, I think, and he signed. He signed, He used lickface as like a closing, um, like you would, you know. Thanks, comma. Respectfully yours, uh, lickface. Yeah, lickface. So Nader says, important mailbag question for you: What is the right cheesesteak order? I go with wit. Uh, so the reason I go without is because, and I like fried onions, but I don't like when the roll gets any sort of wet. Like I don't like wet bread. And a lot of times at, at certain cheesesteak places, the it, it makes the sandwich too wet for me. I like it a little bit, little bit drier. So I, I like, go I like without. the wet bread. I like the, the, the combination between uh, the, the, the crunchy on the outside and the, and the like moist. That's, that's what you want. Also, if and there's I'm, any people I'm, that work for cheesesteak places listening to this podcast, we will take your sponsorship, okay? Yes, we would love a cheesesteak sponsor. Actually, it's funny. I got an email from a guy who – wait, I'm trying to find it. There's a guy who owns a sandwich shop in the middle of the country, and he says he wants to name one of his sandwiches like the, the corned beef corn blau or something like that. I told him to do it. But also take a roast okay. pork. Anything. Yeah, I would dig a roast pork. Um, I do think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the roast pork being a better sandwich than the cheesesteak, and I don't agree there. I, I think that's a an anti-nationalist sort of take or national media take where everyone's going to talk about the cheesesteak, but we'll say that Actually, the, roast the roast pork is better. Yeah, I have a tough time when I'm home. If I'm going to get a cheesesteak, I have a tough time being like, well, I'll get the roast pork because the cheesesteak is yeah. so – it's right there. And also, if it's, we get a cheesesteak – my cheesesteak allegiances are for sale. So I will whoever whoever sponsors this podcast <laughs> will immediately become my favorite cheesesteak consider. And final question, um, no name side to it. Do you think Nike and Adidas will drive a wedge between Ben and Joel when their signature shoes eventually come out? Maybe. Well, I, I, that was interesting. So you read the uh, the Embiid article. Yeah, which we didn't even talk about, of course. It was uh <laughs> it was good. There was some good stuff in there and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Like Brett is very conscious of making these guys work, you know? Like, he's yeah. gonna, it's going to take time, yeah. and it's 
they sort of hinted at like they haven't been close or they haven't been yep. whatever. So they're not the best friends so far. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think I I sort of like that Simmons that keeps to himself and is sort of just like doing his own thing and doesn't get into. It. I mean, like Embiid has his role, Simmons has his role, and like there's the guys on Justin Anderson has has his role. Yeah. I was here for ten years just being like hype man. Um, don't don't you think I I I don't mind the quiet thing, but I wish it was more quiet and alone and a little less quiet with my team of people of like you know he still seems like a create a player whereas you know a guy like duncan kept to himself but you know wasn't like this that's the only thing i worry about that there's that there are people telling him what to think not just that he's a quiet you know uh guy off on his own maybe that's I don't know. It's, it's yeah. interesting. That's going to be an interesting thing to follow for the next, hopefully, decade is, like, how will Fultz, how will Simmons and Embiid and then hopefully Fultz um, interact with each other because there will be highs and lows. Like, I think, like, we are at a place in time when it there's enough information out there and stories out there of, like, two or three-man cores, like, not working because of personality stuff, whether it's, like, Shaq and Kobe or... Uh, Durant and Westbrook, those kinds of things where it's like, hey, we we have this as a base level of like this could go bad. We both we all want it to go well. Let's talk about it. Let's openly talk about how to make these relationships work. And I think that's a very like forward thinking thing to do when these guys are going to be spending a ton of time together over the next decade. Are you there? I'm sorry. I hit the mute button. Oh. I was moving my microphone. Um, eventually, it, it was funny. Embiid said, "You know, they're eventually going to. The one thing that could tear us, one thing that could tear us apart is people arguing over, you know, who is the best guy. So they're even conscious of it as players too, yeah. which is which is interesting too. So we'll see. We didn't talk about the. Uh, I don't really have time, but to talk about ESPN Sixers. What's up with that? The whole thing. What's up with that? Well, I think it sucks. And I don't know why. My I don't know. I my hate initial it. reaction is it I, feels I hate gross. it. I think it sucks. Yeah, it it's gro- it's gross, and they're not going to say the name at any point. Oh no, the they're not going to say the name. I I just saw it in the in the rundown. Of course, they're not going to say the name. <laughs> yeah, is, you know, that that makes me mad too. Well, okay, so who? Uh, our friend Killical, aka Lebroni Ver, uh, on Twitter. Oh right, yeah, our guy, uh, Mambo number Mambo five, five Lou Begum boy. Uh, he said he he tweeted something that was like, I'm on the one hand like excited about this I'm gonna butcher it, but like on the one hand excited that like Stephen A and Embiid are gonna like debate, which is funny, but also like the the whitewashing of ESPN's coverage of like the process and how they they were like very short sighted and stubborn about it and were like just made it a national joke and now they're gonna turn around and be like, Hey, here's the Sixers because of the stuff that we shit on for years. Like we just is that is that the right take to just be like fuck everyone like if you didn't if you weren't with us when we yeah. were then and like you can't like capitalize with us now yeah i it's it's just see the time I, I they probably had this planned but the timing is a little weird as they you know have lost four out of five and so it it comes at, i just don't want their attention like I, I i agree with you i it like it's not a revelation to us we all knew it was coming so yeah, I, the whole thing bothers me. It's gross. It feels like a commercial. It feels like the Sixers bought it. Or yeah, something. like the fact like, that they're—it seems like a thing that they're going to do more of, like almost like a college game day thing where they come to this thing and like, okay, we're gonna all be here and do a Sixers day. So if we if they do that with like the Nuggets or whatever next, then that's okay. I I wish we weren't first. It bums. I wish we could be like, oh, the Wolves are getting their day. Well, fuck them. We should get ours. Like that kind of thing. But uh, the fact that we're first makes me feel a little gross about it. And also, like, no one should be allowed to hold any Sixers event or Sixers themed thing without consulting us. That should just be yeah. that should just be the case. At that least should be ask a base, us. There should be a base level of like, oh, the people that have been here, should we check with them? That's what it should be. We should John Skipper should be calling you to be like, hey, yes. put, hook me up with Kristen. Let's set this up. We'll we'll organize it. Run the jewels will be there. Like that should that should be a thing. But not just like, hey, we're hey. coming in and we're gonna have like we're gonna force feed you Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, arguing about the same thing. Hey, come on, Pablo, you can get in yeah. there and say, hey, maybe you should have talked to these guys. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Apparently, Pablo on a podcast 
talked about the lottery party but did not say the name. I haven't listened to it, but it's a report on Twitter Ooh. that he didn't say the that's name. Tough. Which that's disappointing. Very disappointing. All right, I gotta go. Let's uh we will talk to everybody on Saturday. Get your tickets to We Were Right Before Christmas. We were right at before right Christmas. We were right before Christmas. Get them at rightstrickysanchez.com. Come see us and BGN Radio, and we're going to win the Super Bowl anyway. Uh, until then, are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know Lickface. You hate I it. I hate it. <laughs> it sounds so bad now. It, I think I got to a place where like, I, I was okay saying it in the past, and now yeah. <laughs> after a year gap, I hate it. I can't. My mouth doesn't make the, make the words anymore. It's just like riding a bike, the worst bike you ever rode. Can I tell you something, a little <laughs> trivia about me? I can't ride a bike. Yeah. I'm, actually, I can. I'm very bad at it. I'll say that. I'm very bad at riding a bike. That's a little fact uh, about That me. seems seems like something we should do while you're in town. Yeah. Oh, great. Nice <laughs> in, the, in the frigid snow. Perfect. All right. We are the murderous pair That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there Then with the hell and discovered the devil Delivered some hurt and despair Used to have powder to push Now I smoke pounds of the push Holy, I'm burning the bush Now I give a fuck about none of this shit Two runner over and out of this bitch Step into the spotlight Uppers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Cumping the clouds on a missile to turn.